Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie brought to you by the Ryan Martin Foundation. Today we have our second episode of our series featuring wheelchair curlers on the way to Beijing 2022. Today's episode features Oyuna Uranchemeg. She's got an awesome story and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Please welcome Oyuna. Well, Oyuna, how are you doing today? I am doing great. So it's a nice and sunny day here. It's been very cold uh, last couple of days, like minus uh, 20 or winter, like minus 30 or so. Oh so it's pretty uh, brutal cold, but I think it's thawing out a little bit today. I've heard it's going to be like upper 20. So that's like a t-shirt and shorts weather <laughs> here in Minnesota. That's, Anyways, That is yeah. wild. <laughs> I yeah. cannot relate. I am in Alabama I think last week it was in the 60s, and that's crazy. I think on Christmas I was wearing short sleeves, which is not normal for most of this country. <laughs> but no. I'm glad yeah. it's warming up for you to the 20s. But um, thanks so much for coming. I'm so excited to meet you, uh, and I can't wait to learn more about you and all the cool stuff that you've done. But first, could we just kind of start with some background into who you are and what you do? Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. So I'm excited. Uh, uh, my name is Oyuna Oranchimek, and I'm originally from Mongolia. And those of you who don't know where Mongolia is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a country uh, right between China and Russia. Uh, so I uh, came to the United States uh, back in 2000, uh, in July of 2000. And uh, I was, uh, I got an opportunity to uh, get a visitor visa at the time and uh, just came to visit. And then uh, unfortunately uh, I was in a car accident uh, that put me in that wheelchair. Well, I got a spinal cord injury and uh, was paralyzed from waist down uh, during that accident. Uh, so it happened just a week after I arrived in the US. So, uh, that kind of changed the course of my life, I guess, I mean, the trajectory of my life. And then I ended up actually staying in the United States and I figured out a way to uh, immigrate and get all the proper paperwork and stuff. And finally, I became a citizen in 2008. And uh, I have um, lived in Minnesota for all these years. And uh, I work full-time uh, as an administrative assistant at the University of St. Thomas here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, and uh, I have two kids, uh, they're grown up. Uh, one is 27 and the other one is 22. So I have two adult uh, kids and they all moved out and I live by myself and enjoy curling. <laughs> so, yep. That's funny. I'm also 22. That's so crazy. Oh, yeah. So you are the same age as my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, good. Now that they're gone, you can focus on curling. I guess that's become the priority here. So I guess backing up a little bit, how did you find this sport of curling? Did you know about it before you got to the US or was this kind of a new discovery for you? So I did not know anything about curling, like just even six years ago today, I had no idea what curling was. So only thing I knew about curling or heard of curling was on TV during the Olympics. You know, I mean, they do a lot of coverage uh, about curling and then all I see is 
people like uh, uh, sliding stones and then somebody is cleaning in front of it. And so I just didn't understand and didn't really pay attention. And it kind of looked kind of funny and odd, like somebody like sweeping in front of a stone. So uh, that's the extent of my knowledge about curling. Uh, uh, yeah, that six years ago. And then uh, in July, no, in June 2016, yeah, so that's when I actually first uh, found out about wheelchair curling uh, through a friend. Uh, I had a friend who happened to be a, a curler uh, and, uh, you know, just a club curler. And uh, so he talked about curling, but I really didn't really pay attention to it since I, I don't curl. And so one day he actually called me and said that he has a surprise for me and asked me to come to this place. And he didn't reveal what this place was and what this is all about. So, and then, yeah, he said, yeah, we, we can have lunch or something. So, okay, okay, free food, yay, and go, I went. <laughs> so, so we drove to Blaine and then, the, uh, so I, I see that like uh, at the end of our trip that we arrived at the curling club, it says Four Seasons Curling Club. Okay, it's a curling club. So anyway, I, I didn't know what to expect. So I came in and then there were this uh, people in a wheelchair, uh, they were uh, curling or what I uh, took was the curling and then on the ice. And then there were some people also hanging out in the hallway, uh, in the lobby area. And then uh, as soon as we actually came in and then I thought we were gonna go to the restaurant because the Four Seasons Curling Club has a restaurant attached to it. So I thought we would just go and watch whatever they're doing. But that didn't, didn't happen that way. We didn't even get to actually eat. So we met the, the team. Uh, it was actually the uh, national team, uh, the national wheelchair curling team. They happened to have their uh, uh, monthly uh, training camp in uh, Four Seasons Curling Club at that time. So uh, so before I know it, I'm just shaking hands and meet, meeting with people and talking and chatting and then, uh, they invited me on the ice to try, and then so I got on the ice, and then uh, so holding a stick and throwing a stone, and so it just uh, was uh, kind of incredible. So I did, uh, uh, I did enjoy the throwing stone. Actually, it, it looked kind of really cool, and the way the stones were kind of gliding, and then uh, the noise uh, that it's making when they kind of collide with each other or hit each other, and then. And then I, I saw that uh, all these uh, athletes with their name on their back and their uniforms and things like that, they kind of looked really cool. I thought, oh, this is really cool. So I was in a way a little bit starstruck. And then they like said, yeah, they were some of them are Paralympians. And then they were, uh, some of them are uh, aspiring to be in the Paralympics and things like that. So uh, I did feel like, wow, this is really great. Uh, but I, uh, and then uh, Rusty Scheiber, who is now our current coach, uh, he was there at the time as well. And then he, uh, uh, when we were chatting, he kind of said, well, we are kind of uh, in need of uh, uh, female curlers because uh, the wheelchair curling is a Paralympic sport. And then also it's a mixed gender sport and you have to have like a uh, representative of each gender in, in the team. And then <laughs> right now, there are not that many female uh, competitive uh, wheelchair curlers. So, 
And he said, if uh, you are really interested in, and if you actually keep at it, then there is a very good chance you could be in the 2022 Paralympics. I'm like, really? Like, I, like just like that? I mean, it just, uh, I thought like a, people like train and then work for like their, for the rest of their lives to get to the Olympics or Paralympics. So I had no idea that that was a, uh, the, an option uh, for someone like me to be in the Paralympics. So that kind of uh, planted the seed in my head, like, oh, maybe I should try this and let's see where it takes me. So I got interested in, I, I of course, uh, got a lot of information from uh, the team members and then from uh, Rusty and got there on, got on their mailing list and email list just to, to be in the loop. And then started asking, uh, uh, researching around to kind of see what should I do to get started? And then where do I go? Where do I sign up and all these things? And uh, so I've uh, emailed a bunch of curling clubs in the Twin Cities, but they're actually, uh, I found out they're actually a number of clubs, uh, uh, unlike some other states. So, and then uh, I uh, signed up as the member for, at Four Seasons Curling Club, also at the Dakota Curling Club. And uh, uh, then I found out there was uh, this uh, adoptive curling program uh, as part of the Courage Kenny uh, rehab center. Uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people probably know about Courage Kenny uh, uh, Rehab Institute because uh, they have a lot of sports and recreational programs. And then a lot of the uh, like uh, adoptive athletes or well, uh, Paralympic athletes actually came out of their programs as well. Uh, so and then I found out they had this program that those uh, there's a group of uh, wheelchair curlers. They curl uh, every Sunday, a couple hours at Four Seasons Curling Clubs. So I joined that group uh, to kind of get started. And so, uh, and then I uh, bought my first curling stick because uh, in wheelchair curling, you, uh, you have to have a curling stick to push the stone. I mean, unlike uh, able-bodied curling, you can't just throw with your... Uh, hand so or slide or throw like that so anyway and uh, the first time when I got my curling stick was so excited like yay I'm <laughs> I am going to curl now so anyway and then I the, was curling with that group uh, for a year or year and a half and also if I uh, and then uh, after that it was like Saturday I believe uh, when I met uh, the team and then that weekend when I got home, I just wanted to find out more about wheelchair curling, what it is and how it's played and all that stuff. And then I YouTube, uh, YouTubed uh, all the wheelchair curling games. And then I happened to uh, stumble on the, the 2014 Sochi games. And so I, uh, I kind of created a playlist of <laughs> curling matches and then start watching them in the whole weekend. All I did was uh, yeah, watch curling games, curling matches. And then mostly like uh, uh, the matches that Team USA was uh, playing against other teams. So, and uh, that's how I uh, kind of uh, started to understand a little bit how the game is played and then it's kind of cool. I mean, and then, uh, when I'm watching the, those games, 
uh, I see some people who I've met like that morning. Who, yes, uh, some of them were there, and like it, 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 I don't know, it just uh, kind of felt pretty cool. And then uh, when the sports commentators, or when they were kind of talking about uh, the, the game, or and they would uh, say something uh, about each players, who they are. I mean, how long they've been curling and what they do and whatnot. So I think that kind of was interesting to me as well, because uh, it just sounds like just like a regular people, just like me. So I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. And it looks like I can actually do this. And, and then I kind of start like uh, daydreaming, like being you know, <laughs> on the Paralympic eyes, I don't know, in 2022 or whenever it, it can happen. So that kind of, I mean, uh how it started for me to uh, like really want to pursue this uh for real and then spend I mean dedicate my time uh and effort so and then uh, uh what was it like 2018 that's the year when uh, I first uh, uh did the pre-trials uh the they they had a, a call out for uh, uh, the, the pre-trials uh, uh, for national for the national team so uh, you kind of have to submit your uh, I mean the how the pre-trial works is uh, they would uh, uh, select like a group of 12 uh, wheelchair curlers based on their curling experience and also the curling skills so people have to submit a skill drill scores and then like uh, five uh, scores. And then uh, uh, they would select from uh, those people and then they pick 12 people to get into like in-person uh, uh, pre-trial. So I was selected to that pre-trial uh, of 12 people. And then the, the pre-trial happened in Denver uh, that May, uh, late May on, uh, of 2018. So, uh, and then I, I, uh, I was uh, one of the top four that they selected uh, for the final tryouts. So uh, for the final tryouts, yeah, I mean, those four people who advanced from the pre-trials, uh, they would be also mixed in with the current uh, national team, which uh, has eight people in, in the team. So, and then they would select eight people to be, uh, to be in the, the wheelchair national team. So, and then that's how I kind of got kick-started. And then uh, I started training more and more because now that I actually went through the pre-trials and then I'm on my way to go to the final tryout. So um, I, I picked up my training more and more. And so, um, and then uh, uh, the tryouts happened in November and I believe in early November of that year. And then uh, I, made the team of eight. So that's when I first made the national team. And then I was so excited, of course. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did uh, like I, I did fundraiser and stuff like that just to kind of help me to support my training because uh, once you kind of made the, the team, I mean, you have to do a lot of travels uh, for training camps and competitions and things like that. So uh, and uh, you need money for <laughs> funds to be able to support that. So I wasn't shy and then I, I wanted to do whatever it takes me uh, to do to get where I want to go. So I, I really, from the beginning, I want to 
to go for, uh, I mean, to Paralympics. And uh, I don't know, that was at the time was pretty ambitious goal, but <laughs> I thought, well, at least I'll try and see what happens. So that's how I uh, uh, started. And then once I made the national team, so of course uh, it was, uh, uh, I mean, the, the training was more structured and uh, uh, once you have a teammates and coaches and then the regular training camps and things like that, you learn a lot uh, about curling and then being a teammate and then team dynamics. And it's not just a, you, I mean, one player being able to throw stones. I mean, there's so many other things involved in a team sport. So, and then and also not just the skills, I mean, your mental training as well. So you have to be uh, able to uh, manage your mental state in order to perform at your best and things like that. So you learned a ton once I joined the national team. So, uh, and then I did enjoy, of course, meeting all, all these people, uh, I mean, who have the same aspirations to make the Paralympics and, and then uh, all these hardworking people and all the wheelchair athletes who, I mean, all of us went through some life-changing or traumatic experiences or accidents and whatnot that kind of put us <laughs> in a wheelchair. So, and then to kind of persevere, I mean, all these people persevered their, uh, whatever happened to them. And then, I mean, so positive, I mean, have such a positive outlook in life and pursuing something great. So it just, uh, I, I kind of fed off of that energy as well uh, when I first started and, and just meeting these people. And then just, I before actually the, uh, discovering the wheelchair curling, I wasn't really around uh, that many people who use wheelchair that much. I mean, most, I mean, I, I, I have a regular job and I, I didn't really play other sports or anything like that. I mean, uh, uh, what was it? Yeah. Uh, right after my injury, just uh, that year uh, in 2001, I played uh, uh, wheelchair basketball briefly, just one for one season uh, with also Courage, Courage Center uh, basketball team. And that was it. And once I got a full-time job, so there was no way to continue <laughs> I mean, training and then do, spending that much time for that. So anyway, and... Uh, so I wasn't really hanging around with people in a wheelchair that much up until at that point. But then it was kind of great to uh, be around people who have been through same things and same struggles and uh, just uh, know each other. So, I mean, we kind of uh, have a bond. I mean, most of us had some kind of uh, life-changing experiences and the struggle the uh, go through the same struggle day to day and things like that so that was a very uh, I guess I mean I would say it was a great connection I mean just to make that connection with people who are have the same ex life experiences was great and uh, I do actually enjoy the camaraderie part of being uh, in this sport more than just uh, uh, curling as well Absolutely. I feel like you were kind of tricked into the sport and are surprised <laughs> into the sport. Well, yeah, it is a surprise because I had no idea. So I didn't even <laughs> know where I was driving to and then just <laughs> kind of landed in the middle of this 
beautiful thing and then <laughs> kind of basically changed my life from that point I mean for good yeah it's not that my life been has been so boring and I was in the ditches or anything like that but this opened up so much uh more opportunities for me and uh, yeah. uh I mean it, it's just a great surprise I would say yeah for sure that's awesome look at where it's brought you now I, I wouldn't be speaking to you maybe most likely not on this show no, yeah. if that trick hadn't happened but um I want to ask you a question about curling so you're the second curler that I've had on the show how would you describe the sport of curling to someone who hasn't played it or maybe they've only seen it on tv but they don't know too much about it how would you describe the sport um it's kind of like a chess on the ice that's what people would say I mean because a lot of a strategy involved in it and also it's uh, like a, um, I don't know it, it's a beautiful sport you kind of have to try it yourself to really know what it is yeah just uh, push that stone on the ice and see what it does and then <laughs> you're gonna know what it is yeah otherwise I mean you can watch and then see to get some idea what it is but mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, I mean it's a team sport first of all so uh, in, a, in the regular curling uh, four people makes up a team and then one person and we play eight ends in wheelchair curling and then uh, in one end uh, one player gets to throw only two stones and then so anyway um it's um um it's just a uh i guess you have to be also very accurate i mean you kind of have to be i mean uh, most of us in this sport i think or at least in my team are all very like perfectionist kind of people so they want to have like perfect things i mean they want to have the, their shots be perfect you know and then you can't be sloppy at all so at least that's what i think and uh so uh, you kind of have to be calm and collected in order to throw stone i mean it's not going to require you to jump high or run fast or anything like that but it's uh, probably the opposite you really have to be able to focus and concentrate on what you're doing and then yeah deliver the stone and because it's it's also, uh, I mean, there, depending on where you want to put the stone, I mean, you uh, have to know how much uh, weight you want to put on the stone and where you want to aim and things like that. So you you have to be aiming at the right spot, and then you have to actually push uh, where you're aiming in in order to get where you want. And then also, especially the weight control is the probably one of the most important part of the uh, uh, sport as well, because yeah, it's just, uh, we, we're talking about like a half a second or like a, a tenth of a second. Uh, so you, you should be able to feel that in your muscle, how much more or less uh, power you put on your stone. And so it's a, uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know the exact word, but it requires very, uh, a lot of accuracy. Yeah. For sure. I aim in terms of the weight control. And, yeah. and then of course the whole game itself is a lot of strategy. And then you, uh, and you should be able to, 
know what the ice is doing and there are a lot of things involved. It's not just throwing stones. I mean, the ice conditions are different uh, depending on even like between end to end ice changes and then you should be able to adjust, make the adjustment depending on what the ice is doing. And then the, each club has different uh, ice and then championship ice is slightly different. And it, there's a whole lot of other things involved in it just other than just throwing stones. Lots of variables. I So I interviewed Steve Emt last week and afterwards he was like, you've got to try it. Like, go try it. I, I know. Go try it. So I signed up my entire family for a learn to curl class on Saturday and we did it. And I think all of us fell down at least once. And yeah, that's the first step. <laughs> <laughs> the first step. It you can learn without falling first. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're able-bodied, but the wheelchair curlers, I mean, we're sitting on a chair, so there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, chance for us to fall down. Hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, it was so much fun. And I totally understand what you're saying. Everything was so uh, specific and like you needed to be accurate, even though we were more concerned just about getting the stone to slide anywhere, um, not not even all the way to the end, just trying to make it go a little bit. But um, it was crazy. I'm so glad yeah, that- because just the sliding is a lot of work. I mean, just mm -hmm. balancing your body on the ice in one foot yeah. <laughs> and then not falling or tripping. Yes. So that's a lot of work. And then uh, being able to launch yourself off the hack. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, that's the beginning, but uh, mm -hmm. once you learn uh, to do that, and then the other things will come in. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome, though. I, I want to go back, hopefully sometime soon, but I hope really do. enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, was great. Fun. Yeah. Cool. Because yeah. I think every curler, they want to recruit other people. <laughs> so, oh, great. Have <laughs> like, you ever tried curling? And Yeah. Yeah. Hope somebody listening re recruit me to your team. I want to. I want to control with you, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, also, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about Beijing, um, kind of our last piece here. But I know this has been a long journey since you started the sport. It seemed like it was always the goal in the end. Um, so I guess what does this road look like for you the last few months? I guess it's not really a traditional kind of few months leading up to a big event just with COVID and everything happening around the world. But what has the road to Beijing look like for you? And what does the road to Beijing mean to you as an athlete? Well, I would say the uh, road to Beijing has started actually <laughs> at least a couple of years ago for me. Yeah, I mean, now we're just in the last strands, uh, like uh, to kind of fine tune things and then uh, get ready. And especially the, during this time, like stay healthy and not test the positive on COVID and stay away from virus. And so that's uh, been a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but uh, so uh, in the, in the last couple of years, I mean, I I do I have developed some uh, training routines and things like that. So uh, uh, not just uh, on ice, so off ice training, which involves uh, like a physical fitness training and uh, uh, mental management training and uh, things like that. So I mean, you, you kind of have to be. Uh, you kind of have to have some kind of structure and routine in order to kind of uh, 
have a, a, a more successful training and have to have a goal. And so uh, I have been training uh, mostly on weekends because I work full time and then curling clubs <clears throat> usually are uh, busy uh, at, during the night or in the evenings with their uh, leagues and stuff. So I wasn't able to get a whole lot of ice, uh, practice ice uh, in the evenings, which is why I spent actually most of my weekends uh, uh, in mo weekend mornings uh, yeah, training on the ice. So, uh, but then uh, sometimes, I, I mean, I would try to get some ice time in the weeknights, um, not all the time. So, but uh, on the weekend when I train, I usually uh, train like three hours uh, straight. So basically like six hours a week. And sometimes if I get ice on the weeknights, then I would have like 10 hours or so. So anyway, so that has been my training uh, routine. And then of course uh, we had the training camps every month, um, uh, like all the team get together uh, in either whatever curling club is available. And then some of us have to travel but uh, in the last couple of years, a lot of the training camps actually happened here in Chaska, uh, Chaska, Minnesota. And uh, uh, so I didn't have to travel a whole lot, but uh, whenever we have to, so we just uh, traveled and then uh, that was it. And then we did have uh, the last year, for example, and actually in 2021, that was also a very busy year for us because we had to, we had to go to uh, the the world B championship to get our spot back uh, on the the world championship and then uh, from from B's uh, in April we got the gold and uh, then we uh, went to uh, the world championship in uh, October uh, and uh, we ended on the fourth place and uh, we qualified uh, for the Paralympics. So, and now uh, we, we have, I mean, we were supposed to have our training camp in January and February, but uh, that got canceled because of the Omicron outbreaks. So, uh, but we are training individually at home, but uh, also those of us who are like a driving distance from each other, yeah, we kind of uh, drive to each other's uh, clubs and uh, uh, train a couple of days uh, here and there. In fact, I was in Wausau last week, I, I mean, this last weekend, uh, yeah, and uh, trained with Matt, uh, Matt Toombs, our skip. Uh, so, uh, and uh, so I think we will also be going again this this upcoming weekend uh, in Wausau to travel, I mean, to practice together as well. So anyway, and then whenever I'm not practicing with the team, I'm uh, practicing at home. And uh, this January, because uh, uh, I work in the university and the J-term is kind of uh, low key. I mean, there's not a whole, not whole lot of classes. So uh, I was able to actually work remotely and then uh, uh, I would train in the morning, like it, which actually it gave me an opportunity uh, to train every day on the weekdays. So I train a couple hours in the morning and then come back and then do my work into the evening. So that 
that's how I've been actually uh, training this January and then February probably going to be mostly weekend training but we are heading to uh, Paralympics I mean the pre-Paralympic trip <laughs> to LA uh, in middle of actually February 17th or 18th so we're actually leaving to LA and then stay there a few days and then uh, enter into the bubble in the Paralympic bubble and then we'll go from LA to Beijing on 26th I believe so I don't know I mean, only like a few weeks left uh, it's yeah. just we're counting down the days now it's almost uh, when we're almost there and the, the most important thing right now it seems like we have to keep ourselves protected from COVID so that's the biggest uh uh, challenge everybody's facing now with all this uh, COVID cases spiking around the country. So, and I hope everybody makes it through and then we all get yeah. there. Yeah. That February 17th will be here before you know it. <laughs> I know. So it's, uh, yeah, just a month away now. That's crazy. I'm so excited. I can't wait to cheer everybody on and stay up all night long or whenever the games will be on watching you guys yeah i hope yeah it will be uh, i mean uh, hopefully it will be a uh, broadcast somewhere i mean hopefully the nbc or whatever the nbc olympics yeah. will have uh, some coverage and uh i'm assuming they probably will have uh full games through their you uh, the olympic uh, nbc olympics app because mm -hmm. that's usually where they um actually put it not uh, broadcast on the networks maybe through the app for sure i hope yeah but it, in the past the uh, two championships the world championships or b and uh, the b's and the, the world championship they were not broadcast at all because uh, that's very uh, i mean i i remember in the past uh, i mean they do have like a youtube channel where they would actually uh broadcast all the games uh, or at least like final or semifinal games, but this exactly. year uh, or in the 2021, there was nothing at all, which was kind of disappointing. And when we were in the World uh, Championship uh, uh, in <clears throat> October, only because it happened in Beijing, uh, so only the Chinese, I think there was some Chinese uh, TV, they, they were uh, uh, taping all the China game, of course, China versus yeah. other countries. Yeah, but uh, there were no broadcasts, no streaming, nothing at all uh, for other countries. It was kind of uh, disappointing, but it is what it is. I mean, during COVID times, I guess those things are a little bit complicated. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, hopefully NBC's got it all. They say they have it all, so I hope they have it all. <laughs> I hope so too, so yeah. Yeah. So we regardless, I am. Uh, I mean, whether it's broadcast or not, I mean, I'm looking forward and forward and extremely excited. Uh, I mean, to have the experience to be in the Paralympics, and uh, uh, yeah, just looking so forward to uh, the opening ceremony. And uh, mm -hmm. I know Steve Ant is the only one who was in the uh, Pyeongchang, and he, he's the only Paralympian. Uh, in our team and then uh, the the other four we are new for paralympics so 
and then uh, he just uh, keeps telling us how wonderful and amazing <laughs> and so i'm so looking forward to experience that of course yeah. and uh, and just uh, such an honor i mean to uh be uh, i mean to represent the country that i uh kind of adopted i guess <laughs> i mean it was just uh, uh, even though i was not born and uh, born here and then kind of whatever uh, destiny mm -hmm. kind of put me in this place and uh, so this is my country now and and then it's such a, a privilege and honor to get to represent the country uh, absolutely basically i was reborn in and uh, so it's yeah. amazing it, the feeling it's it's amazing really yeah i'm so excited for you it's like you you adopted the u.s and then curling adopted you it's <laughs> 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 great or I, I adopted curling. yeah so anyway <laughs> yes i love it awesome let's see last question for you here i think we've gone through You've answered all my questions, which is great. But last question for you is what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Lots of people listening to the show are young adaptive athletes or young athletes who are looking to figure out what they want to do. So I like ending the show on advice. So what would you tell younger Oguna? Uh, well, if you if something seems like you can actually achieve it uh, and then it seems like it's doable, I would say go for it, but then uh, you do have to have a goal, like a specific goal. Uh, you can't just dream about it. You have to have a written down goal, and then you have to have a plan how you're going to reach that goal. And then you kind of have to uh, structure your life around that goal. You know, I mean, because things can get in your way. I mean, the, like work or school or whatever the life throws at you. So in order to stick with your goal, you do kind of have to uh, evaluate if that goal is important enough to achieve and go after. And then you kind of have to really work around that, kind of structure your uh, life around it and make it a priority. And uh, it's it's very important to actually have a written plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm an old, old person. So yeah, I guess if the young kids are listening, so I'm like, oh, it's like a mama is giving an advice. So anyway, it is, I mean, very important because if you don't actually write down and then what do you actually want to do and how are you going to get there? Uh, some like action plans and then you, you can't really, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, you won't have like any to, anything to grab on and then uh, guide you through. So have to have some kind of written plan. Okay, uh, I want to do this. What do I need to do? And write down, what are the obstacles that I'm facing? How do I get over that? So you kind of have to have that kind of detailed plan in order to achieve that. And then you have to stick with it, of course. And then you have to, stick with it and go with it and then really dedicate your time and effort and uh, uh, just commit to it and then you just believe in yourself and then work through it and then i think uh, any goal can be achieved absolutely that's great advice i love ending the show on this because i hope somebody listens and is like 
I'm going to go write down my goal now, or I hope they do something after listing. Yeah, today. start now. Yes. <laughs> oh, Yuna says start now. So we got to start now. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story. I learned a lot about curling just from listening to you speak about the sport, having experienced it once. I know my knowledge is limited, so <laughs> I appreciate all insights. But um, thank you so, so much for giving me some of your time today. Well, thank you for having me on your show. And then I hope... Uh, your listeners enjoyed the conversation. Oyuna, thank you so very much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. We're cheering for you in Beijing. Join us next week for another episode of Adventures with Aggie featuring wheelchair curler on Team USA, Matt Toombs.